0: Okay, Fiscal Focus Time brought to you by InfoChoice, the choice of information on Australian consumer finance. Now with the spring selling season well underway, we wanted to talk to some well we want to talk some more about the current state of the property market and with someone that's deeply involved in property games such as the director of Oz Property Professionals, Lloyd Edge, who I'm pleased to say joins us now. G'day Lloyd, welcome to the Saving Tip Jar.
1: Hi, Dom, hi Harrison, great to be with you. Thanks, Lloyd, for joining us and uh, sharing your thoughts on this episode. So, um, straight off the bat, what are some sort of unique insights that uh, you have into the Australian property market at the moment as a as the director of a buyer's agency?
2: Well, I guess we're, what we're seeing at the moment is a shift, essentially, from what was a buyer's market back into a seller's market. Uh, so, we've seen obviously high interest rates, uh, you know, throughout the year, but over the last four months, we've had um, you know, they've been put on hold, uh, which has provided some um, positive sentiments uh, for some potential uh, decreases in rates coming next year, probably the back half of next year. Mm. But with people thinking like that, it's actually seen the market start to move forward, a little bit more excitement in the markets. And we've actually seen three or four months consecutive growth in some of the capitals, such as Sydney and Brisbane. Mm. So that's been quite exciting there. And also coming into the the spring um, selling season, we'll we start to see some of the, you know, this. Uh, the stock levels increase a bit because that's obviously been a bit of a, uh, you know, a a bit of an issue throughout most of the year, just trying to uh, get enough, you know, enough properties on the market to buy essentially. Uh, But there's still, uh, you know, some really good opportunities, um, particularly outside the capitals and some of the regional markets around the country where we're still finding some really good good opportunities to get into.
0: And Lloyd, let's talk about some of the emerging trends you're currently seeing in real estate Um, and also perhaps any uh, odd requests or or common themes that, that are popping up from clients that perhaps Might have taken you by surprise
2: i think some of the common things at the moment are are things like uh you know positive cash flow which is uh probably common amongst a lot of people uh and it's actually something that i specialize in um but it's also getting much harder to get at the moment because of where interest rates are however uh moving step uh, along from that it's not just about getting positive cash flow but it's people's requests to maybe get sort of some rooming accommodation so rather than just buying a property that's got a high yield but buying a property that you can actually rent it out room by room or uh, some short-stay accommodation, some Airbnb. Uh, and funnily enough, I bought my own first um, Airbnb property just last year, which I've been... Um, renting out, and it's also been doubling as our own holiday home. But since then, I've actually had a lot of requests from people to help them get into, you know, the the Airbnb type market because it seemed to have um, higher cash flow. Whether it does or not is um, obviously something that needs to be worked out with numbers because an Airbnb property isn't necessarily tenanted the whole year round either. But there's some of the requests is people are really looking to try to maximise their, you know, the, the cash flow, yeah, you know, in their, uh, you know, basically in their in their pockets and try to look for some, uh, you, know, some you know, something different and. I guess uh, something else is uh, you know p- people looking for ways to add value to their properties. So uh, you know I do get a lot of requests around potential blocks to to subdivide. Uh, you know buying a house on a big block of land, subdividing the um, the block and and then maybe selling off that, that block and creating some equity. Uh, people are really looking for ways to try to get ahead at the moment, which is a little bit more than just your, your normal buy and hold scenario.
1: For sure, and I hope your uh, property purchase wasn't in Victoria, because with the new taxes coming in, uh, could be a could be a bit of an expensive one. Um, so, can you tell us a bit about why that um, there's more of a uh, a shift, I guess, to positive cash flow? Is it because of this kind of cost of living crunch that people are looking, at, or maybe they can't afford to stump up the. The, the property costs over the year, um, only to get it back in tax through, say, if it is negatively geared. Um, can you explain a, a bit a bit why is um, there's more of that shift?
2: Yeah, so I think a lot of it does have to do with the cost of living. What we've seen though with, uh, you know, banks tightening their lending criteria and the interest rates going up, people's serviceability is going down. Uh, serviceability basically meaning people's ability to buy, pay back a loan. So with that going down, people's borrowing capacities are lower, Uh, people uh, can afford to buy less of a property uh, essentially Uh, and they don't really want to be then um, spending all their money on a property and then having it negatively geared so they want to have a um, a property that they feel they're still uh, getting ahead with Uh, and for a lot of people that is something that's covering itself Um, although generally you know you know, people need to realise that it's really the capital growth that you get in a property that really creates the wealth over time. Uh, I think people don't really feel like they want to be negatively geared where they're just hoping for a bit of a tax outcome. Mm. On the off chance that the the property they buy is going to get a lot of growth because, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know reports in the media about what the what the markets are going to do. Is it going to crash? Uh, you know, am I going to get growth and all this? So I think people are sort of hedging their bets a bit and just trying to buy something that already has good cash flow. Mm. So even if it doesn't get great growth, they know that they're at least getting some money back in their pockets. But with the living uh increased cost of living, uh, you know, petrol's getting more expensive and everything like that, people are still interested in investing and getting ahead, but they just don't want the property to be costing money essentially. Mm-hmm.
0: And Lloyd, what about what you're telling clients at the moment? Um, are, you know, are you showing them any uncovered gems, you know, areas in your patch? And, uh, and also, you know, what's going on in the regions? Uh, are people moving back to the cities? I and mean, we obviously saw so many people moving out to the regions uh, during COVID, but are they starting to make their way back?
2: Well, that's that's an interesting point, actually, Don, Because there was a lot of there's a big trend of people moving out to the regions, you know, uh, during COVID. Uh, essentially, you know, people thought they could have a good lifestyle there and uh, they could work from home and everything. And then there is a trend of people moving back now because suddenly they realize that maybe living that country life isn't quite what they wanted and things like that. So you know, people are coming back, but there is still that trend of people moving to some of those regions because you can get more for your money. So getting. Uh, uh, you know, a large block of land with a, a big house on it and getting it for a much cheaper price point than what you can get in a capital city, it is attracting people. And, you know, people are moving to some of those regional countries that do, uh, regional country towns that do have a bit going for them. Uh, you know, places such as as Orange in the States, uh, Central West or, you know, Aldwy, um you know take queensland for example there's probably about a thousand people moving a week to queensland from the southern states a lot of them are settling in brisbane but then people are also moving to to other areas whether that's toowoomba whether it's the sunny coast uh some people are moving to Bundaberg. you know people are also investing some of these areas because they also have strong yields uh, so, as an investor, getting back to that cash flow, you know, people are looking at, uh, you know, not just buying a, an affordable property, but one that really covers themselves. So, yeah, some of these markets, um, particularly in probably the Queensland markets and also the the WA markets, do offer, you know, really strong, uh, really strong rental yields. Uh, so they're they're kind of some of the gems that um, that you know that we we're, we're talking about there. Uh, in terms of specific suburbs, well, that's obviously a secret that I can't divulge too much. Yeah
1: sure. Uh, Not giving up all your industry secrets uh, on this podcast today. But um, what we'll sort of talk about now is um, there's been a sort of growing trend in 2023 that I've noticed uh, of like green additions to the home. So that's like a Tesla solar battery or solar panels or double glazing or um, so on and so forth. And there's some um, cheaper loans out there if you want to make those those additions to a property or buy one with those, with those already in place. So um, is this a popular theme among your clients at the moment? And what do you advise clients who are wishing to invest in these um, in these options? Are they worth the money at present um, if they're just going to rent it out um, to a tenant who might not necessarily use those, use those uh, those features?
2: Uh, I think they potentially are worth the money. It's definitely something that we, you need to look at. But it's not just about whether a tenant uses those features because they generally do because, you know, if you have a solar there, then you're essentially going to be saving some uh, some money on electricity. Uh, and it's actually the tenant that's paying for the electricity, you know, rental property. It's not you as the landlord as such. Um I do think that as an investor, you need to be looking longer term. So it's not just about uh, what that tenant's going to be doing, but it's about what this, the saleability of your property is in the future. So if you buy a property with the idea that you're going to have an exit strategy on that property, maybe eight to 10 years time and you want to sell it, then uh, is it going to be... Uh, more saleable if it's got all these uh, sustainability products associated with it, and I think it will be. So I think that it's definitely worthwhile considering that. Um, there's actually some new laws that have recently been brought into place in New South Wales where they have to have uh, solar and stuff on new builds, mm. uh, which has increased the um, the cost of new um, new dwellings to start it from the, uh, the 1st of October uh so yeah there's so there's they're already bringing those sort of uh, things into place for new dwellings um so that's going to shift through to some um you know some established dwellings and stuff as well so it's definitely a a way of the future. Um, I don't personally advise everybody that they have to get that uh, or anything like that, but if it comes up in conversation, we can certainly then talk about the pros and cons of that, uh, essentially. But there's obviously a cost factor to yeah, to, to installing them. Uh, for some people, they might want to look for properties that already have um, them in place and things. So it just comes down to that that conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. And Lloyd, you mentioned earlier that um, you're still seeing a lot of strong demand for um airbnb properties um do you think with all the new restrictions which we're seeing on airbnb uh, properties you know uh taxes you know from from different levels of government uh, are you gaining any sense of that demand softening a little bit for airbnb investments
2: uh, potentially that's definitely gonna happen in, in Victoria, I think. Uh at the moment haven't really seen too much uh lessening of demand, but that's probably something that yeah, you know, time needs to to tell. So we'll see what pans out over the next, you know, six to twelve months or so. But I, I do think that you know, a lot of people buying uh, Airbnb properties, obviously buying for cash flow, but a lot of them are also looking at it as a, uh, a long-term sort of wealth creation strategy. Some people buy it as a holiday home. So, you know, mine doubles as a holiday home and Airbnb. So, I think for some people, you know, if Airbnb doesn't work for them because it's got those additional taxes, they might uh, still have those properties, but they might just rent them out as a long-term um, you know investment property and that's um part of the reason why some of these taxes are in place anyway to provide more you know long-term accommodation for people uh so you don't have these vacant properties so it might be the case that uh you know we do have sort of tenants that can move into these properties for 12 months rather than them being rented out um per night and things like that uh, but th- at this stage there's not uh, I'm not seeing any sort of less demand
1: for sure and kind of off the same in in the same sort of realm of of uh of talking points um you know like we've seen this year uh, particularly in Victoria um changing rental standards so uh, now in Victoria uh you'll need uh to have fixed energy efficient heating in Victoria and uh, as well as just like like everything else going on in the property investment sector at the moment um will these changing rental standards um factor into property investment um what are you seeing from Clients, uh, are these new standards, are these new laws kind of uh, playing on the minds a bit of, of potential property buyers?
2: So those sort of laws in Victoria are definitely playing on the minds of uh, of a lot of our clients and and people I'm seeing potentially looking to buy uh, because a lot of people are actually not wanting to buy in Victoria. It's not stopping people uh, like because we, we buy all across the country as, as a buyer's agent. So it's not mm. really stopping our clients wanting to buy property, but it's stopping them from wanting to buy in Victoria. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm seeing there at the moment. Um, apart from the odd client who can see past that and thinks, oh, well, there's, there might be some good opportunities now because if people stop buying property in Victoria, the prices will crash, then I'll get a really good opportunity. Mm. Uh, so there are few people that are thinking, oh, I'll wait for six months and see what the market's doing and then I'll grab a really good opportunity in Victoria. And that could be a good thing because if any of these laws and stuff are reversed uh, and then suddenly some people have had a good deal on a property, and then uh, the market start really taking off again in a couple of years time. People could have made some, you know, some good money and it could have been a good decision. Uh, so there's a, there's a few different schools of thoughts on that, but definitely at the moment people are swaying towards, uh, you know, the Western Australian markets, the Queensland markets. Yeah, you know, they're the that's where people are sort of looking to to invest a little bit more at the moment.
0: And Lloyd, just give us your perspective as a buyer's agent on how the spring selling season is playing out so far. You know, are, are listings booming like everyone said they would? Uh, no, they're not really
2: booming. They have improved. There has been more listings. Uh, but obviously every market's different. I mean, there's essentially, um, you know, 15,000, you know, suburbs across Australia. So it's not generally, it's certainly not just one, yeah, one property market. Um, But yeah, what's been really keeping prices up? I mean, you know, it could have been um, Armageddon in a sense, the interest rates have gone up so much, um, but the prices haven't really, we haven't really seen that property crash because, uh, yeah, there's sort of so much still propping up, you know, property and one of those things has been the fact that there's just been a lack of stock available so there's still been competition to buy property Uh, and coming into the spring season there's been a few more listings come on um, as people start to get a little bit more confidence that they can get more for the property that they're going to sell and it's generally thought that you know if you're selling spring selling summer the warmer months you'll You'll sell better, but as that's happened, we've also had you know a few more buyers come on. So there hasn't been a massive change in anything at the moment. Uh, but yeah, certainly not massive new listings, uh, and probably not as much as what we've seen in, in previous years. But there's been a bit of an increase.
1: Like personally, I've noticed a bit of a kind of two speeds happening in the economy at the moment. So you know, consumer confidence is quite low, whereas like you know, property prices keep uh, keep increasing. It seems like um off off their lows um, in late last year. Uh, so it seems like if you've got a property and you're looking to sell it could be a, a good time um and it's kind of coincided with uh, with the RBA cash rate on hold for a few months um and but there is growing talk of the RBA increasing the cash rate in November. What will this do to sort of investment sentiment um will it will it really change anything or uh are, are your clients or um, people who are looking to sell still kind of bullish on property?
2: So yeah, it's a really interesting. Uh, question, but I think with with certainly with my clients, it just changes their strategy and where they might buy. So what we've seen is that um, with uh, you know like like if, if 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 the interest rates do increase again in November. Then it might then you know start to slow down the markets again before um before Christmas potentially. Uh, and then you know, things will probably then just start taking off again next year. But with with our clients, we've we probably been busier than ever this year. But mm. it just means that people that might have been wanting to buy in a certain market have said, no, this, this doesn't work for me anymore. I need something that's positive cash flow. So we go to a you know a different sort of market. Uh mm. so people are still really bullish. You know, people do want to get ahead uh, with property, uh, but they just uh it just it just comes down to strategy and whether that's finance, positive cash flow or whether that's finding something where you can add value. You know, I help a lot of people do renovations. You know, we we do developments, uh, you know, all those sort of things, you know, subdivisions, all those sort of things that help people add value to property. That that's what people are kind of um, you know, bullish about. And when things change within the climate, it's a bit like when builders are uh, you know, sort of been going under and there's been a lot of talk and there still is in the media around builders going under. Uh, that just becomes a conversation, you know, how do we manage that? Is it it's still the right time to do a development? Would we recommend that? And you know, for some for some of our clients we say actually, no, you probably shouldn't do this. Let's do this. Um, but yeah, people still want to get ahead and do something with property. It's just about having the right strategy that fits for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Australians are definitely always going to embrace property um forevermore. So Lloyd Edge, really appreciate your time and the savings tip, Jar, thanks for your insights. Pleasure.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lloyd.